Hey, App Growth community, welcome back to the App Growth Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive right into today's episode. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Barry Parshall from Lean Plum. Currently, Barry is running Solutions Engineering for North America and also has a dual role as the practice lead for the gaming sector. Barry offers great knowledge in all things to do with mobile engagement and player management. With over 100,000 apps being released every month into the app stores, the competition within the mobile space and specifically the gaming vertical is increasing rapidly. This means it is so important to have a strong player management process in place. Get ready to learn how Barry and his team at Lean Plum are cracking down on player management and mobile engagement. Hello, this is Jennifer Sansone from App Growth Network, and we're so excited today to be joined by Barry from Lean Plum. Barry, hello. Hey there, Jennifer. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and, and speak to our listeners. We know you're a wealth of information, so why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself and also tell us about Lean Plum. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Barry Parshall. Um, I've uh, been at Lean Plum now for about three years running uh, solutions engineering for, for North America. I also have a dual role where I am the uh, practice lead uh, for the gaming sector, which amongst other things uh, has me um, kind of running our customer advisory board uh, for our gaming clients. They, our gaming customers uh, make up a rather large uh, aspect of our product strategy and roadmap. And so we're constantly uh, garnering their feedback on, on where to take the product. So I have that kind of a dual role of Susan's engineering as well as working you know, heavily with our gaming clients. Uh, my background is mostly actually in product management um, in, in the both the kind of the digital marketing, as well as the business intelligence spaces. So um, I have a lot of kind of sympathy, if you will, for for uh, the product managers in the gaming space out there. <clears throat> great. So it sounds and, like oh, you- and, oh, I, and I didn't answer the Lean Plum question. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yes. uh, yeah, so, yeah, so Lean Plum, um, most people think of Lean Plum as being in the kind of the mobile engagement space, you know, push notifications, in-app messages, uh, email messages, and so forth, uh, which clearly we are. Uh, that, that, that's, that, that's kind of how we've um, long been positioned. But uh, we also have a... Um, um, you know, a, a big play in the gaming space, of course, uh, where we're often thought of uh, as a, you know, a, a complete, um, you know, player management solution. And in fact, that that term was actually coined by one of our gaming clients that we've actually since since borrowed. Um, so uh, we, we add to the mobile engagement capabilities by introducing also uh, live operations management capabilities, uh, remote configuration, um, some CRM capabilities, as well as the ability to do uh, A-B testing of the actual app functionality. Great. So maybe why don't we dive a little bit more into this whole player management platform? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have heard quite a bit about that for, for Lean Plum um, in this area. So maybe just take us through that and what that actually means for like the, the player and for the gaming experience. Yeah, yeah. So, so fundamentally, when it comes to um, you know, player management, uh, what we like to emphasize with our gaming clients is is the personalized player experience, as we as we term it, which, uh, from my standpoint, is kind of a uh, you know largely untapped frontier in the gaming space. Um, 
and, and, and that is, you know, typically predicated on, on doing two major disciplines. You know, first is basically profiling the player on, on, on understanding that player's, um, um, you know, hobbies, habits, and, and, and behaviors uh, by using, you know, the segmentation capabilities that we provide. Uh, that's one of our strengths as a product in, in our ability to, uh, to uh, build fairly sophisticated behavioral audience segments. Um, simple stuff is like, you know, payers versus non-players, but really um, it, it's things like, um, you know, what, what, how, how often do they, do they purchase? How often and, uh, and how many times do they go through the core loop of the game on a, on a regular basis and, and establishing an understanding of, of what that player is all about. And then accordingly, um, then personalizing the experience for that individual um, directly within the app itself, not just with you know the messages and the promotions that you send them through those messages. Um, we have a technology called variables that allows the the development organization of the of the app to in effect propagate up to the lean plum user interface the ability for a live ops person or a marketing person to control the in-app experience um, uh, at at a at a you know individual player level or at a uh, more pragmatically at a at a player segment level so for instance if i have a you know, very very basic audience segment of all those players that have never made an in-app purchase I might present to them a store consisting of purchase opportunities that are fairly low priced, right? I'm trying, you know, just 99 cents. I'm trying to create that, that first purchase um, in hopes that I can then later leverage that for additional add-on purchases. Uh, likewise, if I have, um, you know, established players that have made many purchases in the past, my whales, my, my dolphins and so forth, I might have a completely different set of, of, of product SKUs I'm producing in the store that, that fundamentally are higher value, you know, higher priced, higher priced items. Um, the variables within Lean Plum allows the live ops person, the live ops department or, or the marketing team to actually make those fine grained changes to the in-app experience all through a very, you know, simple user interface as opposed to having to walk down the hall or, or Zoom as a case may be in this remote work environment days that we're in, you know, engage with the engineering staff and have them make that change, which inevitably re results in having to make code changes to the app and having to relaunch the app to the app store and all that, all that type of thing. The variables allow the live ops uh, folks and the marketing folks to be empowered to make these personalized changes without having to bother the engineers, uh, you know, beyond the initial setup of those variables. Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah, we, we have a, yeah, it, it's it's fun because we have a lot of um, gaming clients that are using this variables technology in ways, frankly, that we never imagined ourselves. Um, you, know, you know, changing the difficulty of a level, you know, it's just by flipping a variable value. Um, you know, changing how often an ad appears by changing a variable value and so forth. All these things that, you know, were hard decisions for the engineering team to make uh, in when it came to coding up the app, now they they can just basically say, we don't know what the right, you know, value for this variable happens to be. Let's test it. You know, let's create a variable out of it and let the live ops team who are, you know, more closely tied to the behaviors and the monetization of players, uh, let them have that control, let them experiment with it. Uh, and ultimately, uh, they own the, uh, the the establishment of that of that personalized experience that that you know we at Lean Plum deem as so valuable to ultimately making your game successful. That, you know that's that's really interesting because I don't know if I've ever heard of that level of like you said control being given to the yeah. actual marketing <clears throat> team. You know we always think of especially the the gameplay and the the way the game works. 
it's all about the coding and the developers there, you know, it's, they're the grand master yeah. of the yeah. whole show, but that really does give a lot yeah. of, of power to, to other people who are looking for different things. Yeah. The great thing about it is, is that, is that the developers can now focus on developing, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, right. And, 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 and kind of, you know, uh, downstream, uh, the, the other aspects of, of optimizing the, the app experience, it has applicability outside of gaming, you know, in, in subscription apps, for instance, uh, it's pretty common to have, um, you know, a free version of, of your app and then the premium mm -hmm. version of your app that, that has the additional features and functions that you might pay, you know, 10 bucks a month for, you know, how do you get people to, to adopt the premium version? when they haven't ever actually had a chance to play with those premium features. So it's, it's sort of akin to, you know, if, if, if we all remember when cable TV first came out and we really loved those free HBO weekends, right? Uh, so that, that, you know, free HBO was turned on for a weekend or whatever it is, and then it got turned off and now suddenly we can't live without it, right? Um, <laughs> it's the same concept, right? So if the marketing team can turn on a premium feature for a weekend, uh, and, and combine that with a with a with a messaging campaign designed, you know, you know, ten percent off. Try out this new feature. Ten percent off the annual subscription if you like it. Um, the marketing team has the power to flip on that premium feature for a given period of time for a given audience segment as a means of trying to drive those those premium subscriptions. So, do you see people outside of the gaming leveraging this type of power? Uh, all, all the time, all okay. the time, especially in the in the in the app subscription space where where they want to be able to. Uh, promote these premium features by giving their customers the chance to try them out for a given period of time. We find that is the best way of driving those premium subscriptions. No better way to let them play with it and then, you know, miss having it. Excellent. Um, and we've also heard of, of another feature that Lean Plum has because we know the the dreaded churn, right? Every app yeah. kind of that's that's what yeah. that what every app is avoiding at all costs. And 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 uh, this. Churn tends to happen pretty silently, um, yeah. but we've heard of Lean Plum's seamless testing. Can you maybe tell us about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, first of all, churn churn's a, churn's a tricky problem. Uh, as you say, it's silent, right? They just you know disappear. Uh, at least from my observations, uh, churn takes on different characteristics depending on the audience segment uh, or or the type of app. Um, so, as a, for instance, um, let's talk. Let's go back to gaming. Um, I usually think of, of, of churn in a, in a kind of a bifurcated sense. Um, let's start with the established players. Uh, so players that have been playing the game for, for a given period of time. Maybe this applies to non-gaming as well. But we have these established players. What we have observed is that people who have been playing a game or using an app for a relatively long period of time don't tend to just suddenly stop playing um, or using the app. They, they, it's more of a kind of a slowing down. Um, they're, they're, they're losing interest. It's boring. Uh, it, it's not engaging enough and so forth. And, and, and so the, the, the amount of, of, of activity for that individual in the app tends to just kind of, you know, wind down to a halt. And you want to find the, the, the users in the early stages of that, if you can. So when it comes to the more, the established, um, players or, or users, I find that, that it's more of a, kind of a recency frequency modeling exercise um, of behaviors, a behavioral modeling exercise as opposed to a necessarily a testing exercise. So I want to, for instance, observe all of those players that were doing the core loop of the game on average three times per day over some relatively recent period of time, like maybe between two weeks and two months ago or whatever. Uh, but in the most recent 
you know, week or two weeks, we've seen a mark, um, you know, decline in the number of times the user is going through the core loop or simply just opening up the app. Uh, that is a really good lead indicator of, of, our, of our user losing interest. And that is when we want to engage that user with some sort of offer whatever is applicable to the app itself to try to get them back into you know into the app again um, um where i find testing to be much more valuable when it comes to retention is is the is the newer users you you know you just spent an increasing amount of money acquiring a new a new user a new player to the app and and you really want to get them hooked onto the game um, before you lose them and and there could be lots of reasons why why we lose that user in the early stages the onboarding process is too confusing. The tutorial isn't good enough. Um, maybe it's even all the way down to the user acquisition side. It's just acquiring the wrong types of individuals. Um, so we find that testing in those early stages are really, really vital. Uh, you know, try try multiple versions of the onboarding process. Try you know different different uh, tutorials. Maybe make that first one or two or three times through the core loop of the game really, really simplistic. So they because quite often they're focusing more on the mechanics of, of trying to clear a level or kill the dinosaur or whatever it is you're trying to do um, than, than, uh, than anything else. So, so test as much as possible um, the early stages of the app experience. And we find that the clients that you know, do engage in that, in that early testing of the onboarding uh, process tend to be more successful in, in obtaining the, the longer term players. Because that's a great place to lose a player right is at the beginning if they can't figure it oh. out or if they, that's yeah yeah once yeah. they're out they're out yeah and, it, and, and the more complicated the game obviously the, the the larger the burden it is on that on that tutorial onboarding process and and the more you want to uh to try out different try out different options and and you know test 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 another thing i was i uh, wanted to ask you about is um lean plum talks a lot about the popularity of lta last touch attribution can you hmm. Maybe talk to us about talk to us about that, like what that means and and uh, what type of type of information that tells us. We did an exhaustive study. Um, I want to say what's going on about a year ago now that we published in, in what we called the data sciences report. It was it was initially uh, done principally for our gaming uh, uh, clients and 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 prospective clients. Um, and uh, I know that we're working on adapting it or, or creating some additional studies for additional to additional vertical markets. Uh, but the idea was to um, assess you know, what are the characteristics of, of, uh, of a campaign or a message that drives the better success. And, and success, typically speaking, is measured by a conversion event. Um, so, you know, an obvious conversion event would be subscribing, you know, getting, getting that monthly subscription to be paid for, simply making an in-app purchase for, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and, and LTA or last touch attribution is, is, you know, probably, you know, nowadays still the most popular means of, of assigning credit uh, to a campaign or a message to, uh, for the conversion event that ultimately happened. Um, 
so what we did in the, in the, in the data sciences report, we, we, we looked at, um, it's been a while since I've read the report, so I, I can't remember the exact number, but I want to say we looked at like 3 billion messages that, that all of our gaming clients across all genres were sending out. And we, we, we were looking for the, the, the traits of those messages that, that drove those, those conversions. Um, and, and, you know, what we found was, is that, you know, you're going to get a base level of success if you just send out a, you know, it's just a generic blank message to everybody. Uh, you get a marked improvement in the results if you are doing some sort of demographic-based segmentation. So I'm I'm going to send one message to this type of player or or user, and a, and and a different message to this type of user, whether it's just you know gender or age or 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 things of that nature. Uh, there's a, then yet another. Um, kind of incremental step up, a fairly substantial one, when you start using behavioral-based segmentation. So not just, you know, who they are, but, you know, what behaviors they're exhibiting inside of the app. So, you know, some 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 um, users are more focused or more interested in using this aspect of the app or this particular type of character in the game or whatever it is. So let's, let's create um, messages and offers and so forth that are aligned with with um, with the way that player is playing the game or the, the the features and functions that they're utilizing more heavily in the in the given app, um, and then the and then the last the final um, you know big leap in 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 results uh, came when you actually then personalize the messages themselves. So not only targeting a very um, focused audience with a message but the message itself being aligned with with that with that player and it could be nothing it could be as simple as just saying you know putting their name in the, in the message but but ideally you know more more personalized than that if you can um and 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 so where lta comes into play is that when it came to identifying all of these all of these message characteristics we had to uh, ascertain were these messages the driving factor in the conversion? Uh, and, and that's what Last Touch Attribution is, is really all about. In, in the gaming space in particular, players don't tend to you know, mull over uh, an in-app purchase for five bucks for an extended period of time. So while in some, some sectors, uh, where you might be looking at things like you know linear attribution or other more complex models of, of multi-touch uh, attribution in in the gaming space or pretty much any space where the where the um, where the purchase amount is relatively small, last touch attribution is is a is a uh, a highly accurate and and very approachable means of of assigning credit for the conversion to the last message that that individual saw and that now then allows us to assign or understand you know what what characteristics of those messages fundamentally drove those purchases those conversion events that you're that you're looking for yeah, that you helps? can see how that would be valuable like you said in a game these and also these pur purchases tend to happen more on the fly right you're in the middle of it and yeah. it's it's less like you said mulling over you could see how this would be valuable because a certain message you know might really show a lot of, you know, uh, results as far as, as a purchase yeah. or. Yeah. And if, and, if the message, and if the message is very contextual, I mean, uh, if, if you can in real time pop up a little message uh, to, to my user that just lost that level for the third time in a row and they're getting frustrated maybe, if you could pop up that message in that moment saying, hey, see if you're struggling with this level, you spend 99 cents, get this 
booster or whatever it is, uh, depending on the on the on the game genre, rather than you know churning and and grinding or whatever whatever is applicable to the app itself, uh, you're going to get a really you know much better conversion rate than if you sent that same offer the following day um, and it wasn't it, it wasn't in the moment with that front with that with that player's kind of emotions, if you will. So it really is that whole concept of sending the right message at the right time. Exactly. Personalized and yes. Um, Precisely. Yeah, the, the old adage, right message, right time. It's, it's a cliche, but it's really, really quite true. <laughs> and it's cliche for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, um, very, as we kind of wrap this up, you know, we have people, listeners that are maybe in different parts of their app journey. Maybe they're mm. struggling with acquisition or they're struggling with retention. Kind of um, from, from your point of view, what would be some words of advice for these people as far as, oh. especially if they have a, a gaming app, like, you know, what, you know, to inspire them or something that, that they can kind of add to their toolbox of what might help them get to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. Um, wow. I'm not, I'm not even sure um, where you're going to have to cut me off at some point here. Um, so, so, so the first, the first thing that comes to mind is, is more and more individuals, you know, are upgrading these, right. And, and more and more, more and more users and players are now utilizing newer devices that have, you know, iOS 14.5 or above with all these new, you know, privacy controls in place. And, and I think we're all keenly aware as a result that user acquisition has become um, more haphazard, more difficult, more expensive to do. And that places a, um, you know, a larger burden on on the engagement and retention side of the house, you know, if you're if you if the, if the cost of a, of acquiring a user and a player is going up, then you probably want to put as you know as much effort as you can into retaining those individuals as possible. So uh, so uh, we're finding that forward thinking gaming studios are beginning to actually bring together the the user acquisition function and the user. Uh, retention functions together in one place, as opposed to the kind of the old school, you know, throw it over the wall mentality. It's our job to bring them in. It's your job to keep them. Now, I get, I think you got to think of it more holistically. Um, you want to, you want the UA team to be focused on bringing in players that are more apt to be retained, and so you need to, you know, bring these data sets together. Another thing, in particular, in in the gaming space is be really conscious about the build versus buy decisions. Um, ga gaming is, is, is peculiar in that um, there's a lot of infrastructure on the back end associated with, with serving up a game. Uh, there, 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 you know, these game servers, game config servers, as, as, as some people call them, uh, do a lot of the heavy working. And, and, and quite often, those game servers are built to include um, audience segmentation capabilities, uh, which is a hard problem uh, for, for developers to do well. Messaging, testing, the variable configuration things that I was talking about before. There are solutions out there. I'm not necessarily pitching lean pumps specifically, but there are solution, package solutions out there that can uh, dramatically shorten the time to market when it comes to uh, bringing, out, bringing out a new game title. Um, and fundamentally, you want, your, you want your developers focused on building your game. Uh, the gaming industry is extremely competitive. Um, and if your programmers are spending a disproportionate amount of their time 
building tooling for the live ops function or for the marketing function uh, for, for creating audience segments and so forth. When those tools are readily available in the marketplace, um, you know, those developers are, are going to be, and it's not just the up, and not just the upfront development costs, it's the ongoing maintenance costs of, of those things. Um, you're going to find that your developers are distracted from, from building out the core functions of the game itself. And, 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 uh, and your competition may over, may overtake you in that regard. So, be very mindful of the buy, build versus buy decision. Um, uh, license where possible. That doesn't necessarily mean lean plumb. I'm not trying to turn this into a you know an, an overt sales pitch, uh, but there are there are a lot of solutions out there that can dramatically help out with the the live ops functionality, the remote configuration functionality, and so forth. Give those solutions a good look, um, so that so that as much as possible, your developers can be focused on. Um, you know, the core aspect of what your company is all about. All right, that's, this is all great advice. Thank you so much for, for <clears throat> giving that um, information. And um, with that, I would like to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us and giving us a lot of great information and insights into the, the gaming industry. So thank you for sharing that with us. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. Okay, thank you very, bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode on the App Growth Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights in relation to all things player management. We hope you were able to learn more about personalizing the in-app experience for each unique user, the importance of having your developers and engineers focused on building the game itself, figuring out what characteristics of a campaign or message are driving the most success for your app, and much more. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.